Hello, beautifuls. Welcome to another episode of Her Sexual Space, a podcast where we create a sex-positive space to engage in empowering discussions for building relational and sexual awareness. I am your host, Janice. Today's guest is Susan Rosny, and she is a member of Sexual Health Alliance, and I'm just so excited to have her. Uh, she is going to cover all things BDSM and kink. Welcome to the podcast, Susan. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Hi to everybody. This is so exciting. Yes. So Suzanne, tell us, you know, just a little bit about yourself, how you, how you identify in the world and just a little bit about you. So I consider myself um, a cis, um, mostly straight, semi-bent female, she, her, um, pretty open to just about anything because yeah, why not? And I'm generally sexually open um, with a side of relationship anarchy is how I like to describe it. Yeah, sounds so fun. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Not having fun. Why are we doing it? Right. I love it. <laughs> so you know, I, I just shared that you are a member of Sexual Health Alliance. You are a sexual health educator. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that um, that role and and maybe what you do? Yeah, I'd love to. So a little bit of background. Growing up, I was fat, very large. And there's a whole background behind that we don't need to get into, but but it's pretty interesting. But the point of it is there's a lot of shame, um, shame for being who I was. And then when I grew into my sexual self, oh, my God, so much more shame. You know, there was always a air of, well, you can't be who you are. Why? Well, because who you are is not good enough. And, and I really was offended most of my life. And I lived a lot of my life in shame because people told me that's the way it was. And I had to come around to learning who I really was. It's exhausting. It's exhausting putting up a front. And what I learned is that you need to be authentic. I needed to be authentic. And in being authentic and being authentic sexually means meaning there's no shame in masturbation. There's no shame in sexual partners, as long as it's consensual, obviously. But but really, my goal in life is to help others, to live authentically, to be authentic, and to understand what that means and be your sexual authentic self. I'm, I'm very much a sex nerd, which means I love to understand why we want to have sex. What does sex mean to other people? Because everybody has a different understanding and I really embrace it because I love to crush shame. I love to overcome trauma and just really help encourage others to live our authentic self, whatever that authenticity means to you. Yeah, I love that. That is that is huge. And I think that it, it sounds like that is what got you, you know, excited and, and, and onto this path. And I wonder prior to sex education, uh, what was probably your, I guess I wonder what was your first passion? Was sex education your first passion? No, actually I, I do technology. So it's a really, oh. it's a really interesting intersection of technology and then sex. Sex has always been, um, I'm going to say my side shame, right? Mm. So growing up, it's like, oh, I loved it. I love finding out about it. And interesting i loved watching porn to figure out what are they doing why are they doing why is he doing why is she and it was it's fascinating so it became 
my side shame to my side passion. Mm. It's, it's a really neat transition on, on really where I want to take this and how to help others. It's understanding us. And if I can do it, because I come from a background of shame and trauma, it, I feel like I have a little bit of understanding that place and to be able to help others in that place and how to use tools to overcome what we need to overcome. Because everybody manifests trauma differently. So everybody needs different tools. And and that's okay, right? It's okay to use what you need to do to move your life ahead. Yeah. And I like that you talked about that uh, side shame that became your passion. Um, because I feel like I struggle with that. I, I believe I always had an open attitude towards sex and um, the community where I came from that wasn't very, that was usually frowned upon. Like you would be considered fast or there would be other terms that would be used. And um, it was something I, I didn't understand until I realized that I really have a passion for understanding everything in that realm, you know, understanding why people do it. How can people yeah. do it better? How can they communicate around it and all of those factors. And um, I, I just like that that became something bigger for you and I like how you have uh, designed the path you know yeah, it's so beautiful I mean if you mm-hmm. can see if you can see hey I, I think that this has a better way has a better path and to help people with that I love how you talk about you know being able to talk about it um, one of the things I see quite often is um, stigmas you know when we talk about sex how do we talk about sex can you ask somebody hey we're gonna hook up let's have sex what, what does that mean what does having sex mean to you? Is it penis and vagina? Is it cuddling? Is it sexting? I mean, all those things are considered, air quotes, sex, right? And I find that when talking about sex, generally we can say pussy, we can say dick, tits, but we can't say labia. We can't say vulva or penis without getting shy and shame, like, oh, I said vagina, well, do you understand what the vagina is versus a vulva? No, it's not, no, it's not all one. And understanding, first of all, can we say the words? And and I really love helping with that because if we can say the words, it breaks down the shame and stigma. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, BDSM and King. So for someone who is learning about this for the first time, or of course, you know, we know that this area has become of high interest because (laughs) of, uh, you know, Fifty Shades and all that. But um, share with us for someone who is new to this idea, um, how would you describe it? So I would, first of all, describe it as overwhelming. Um, I love Fifty Shades, not because of Fifty Shades, I mean, we could have a whole discussion around that, I'm sure. But but the fact is that it starts a conversation. When something starts becoming public, we talk about it. You know, hey, why is this okay? Why isn't it okay? Why did they do that? Oh, wait, that looked cool. Oh, I can't say that looked cool. So, so I think that that's a great place to start the conversation. Mm-hmm. And one of my recommendations to anybody starting out is to understand why. It, it sounds rather innocuous. Well, what do you mean why? Because I want to. No, no, no. Why? What is it that interests you? 
What is it that it made you feel? So it's a little bit of introspection. If you understand, Mm -hmm. hey, this is how it made me feel. This is how I want to feel. It gives you a little better path into how to start down that track, right? If if I understand, hey, I want to feel this, or this is what turns me on, this doesn't turn me on. Does it turn you on? to, um, I'm going to say, just topping people or to be the dominant person? Or mm-hmm. does it turn you on to be the bottom or submissive type person or, or both? You know, you, you don't have to pick. Um, contrary to belief, you don't have to pick. And if you go into it, like, I want all the things. Oh, it's all great. I want everything. You're, you're going to get overwhelmed. And it, it's really easier to do some research because everybody wants to jump you know, into the deep end of the pool. But that I think right. is where people get hurt. Um, I love resources. Like, so let me tell you a little story. Back in the day, I was going through my struggles and a friend of mine said, hey, I, I really think you are interested in this and I want you to read this book. And it was S&M 101 by Jay Weissman. And I, I loved it. I was just, it, it spoke to me. I was enthralled. I'm like, oh my gosh oh my gosh, I've been doing these things and didn't know there were words for them. Quite often, we're thinking these things, I want to be tied up and held down, and we don't equate that with bondage and BDSM. Mm -hmm. So um, I I love to recommend, first, let's read a book. Let's see what we're interested in. Does this speak to you? Does this speak to you? there are tons of podcasts out there and, and that gets very subjective, right? Um, this is a wonderful podcast. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. It's, it's such a great place to start and really open the discussion. Another one I love is the American sex podcast with, with Sonny Megatron and Ken Melvoin Berg. Um, hilarious, wonderful people. And they break it down. And then kinkacademy.com is one of my favorite sites to to investigate, to learn, how do I do things? You know, there's, there are, in in some cases there are rules and in some cases there are no rules. You know, you're going to hear there's the one true way to do things. Well, no, there's not, but, but there are things you need to know, right? So Mm -hmm. how would you do something safely and maybe to hurt somebody, but not harm someone is what we like to say. Mm -hmm. Understanding that that line, right? Yeah. That boundary. Mm -hmm. Right. And consent, enthusiastic consent. But we don't just go into this to do something. We have to agree. Both parties have to enthusiastically consent to what we're doing and then determine, hey, what do we want to do? So, and that's once you figure out what you want to do, you need to learn how you do it. Um, yeah, and what you want to feel. Yes. Yeah. Why? Exactly. Why are we doing this? What is over? What do we want to feel? That is that is so paramount because then when you're done, it's like, well, I don't feel this. Mm, why? And, and, and please, I want everyone to understand there's no bad or wrong answers. These are these are questions to help us get what we want, get what we desire. If we don't know what we desire or why we desire it, we're not going to get it. It's kind of like, you know, shooting noodles against the wall, right? Yeah. So let's break down BDSM. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Let's break it down. Oh, yeah. So BDSM. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a fantastic, I'm not going to try and redefine it because um, Sunny Megatron did a wonderful definition of what is BDSM. Um, Hang on. I have it written down here. Um, 
What she says, she puts it like this. When we hear words like fetish, kink, BDSM, or S&M, we immediately think sex. BDSM is an acronym that many in the mainstream consider synonymous with S&M, technically standing for bondage and discipline, the BD, dominance and submission, DS, and sadism and masochism, S&M. So BDSM, bondage, discipline, sadism, masochism. In other words, whatever it is you like that's kinky or not mainstream, whether on the giving or receiving end, is included in the all-encompassing label of BDSM. So really uh, how I like to then describe it is it's not mainstream. We say words like kink and then BDSM and we just kind of put them together and it's kind of all encompassing, but it's anything that is essentially not mainstream. You know, it's not a man and a woman married, having sex. And it could be if you, if you take it there, it's, it's a lot of these definitions are open to how you want to act them out. And the other thing I really think that's so important, especially for folks just starting out, when you're starting and you don't know what you want, how how do you understand, how do you get to understand that, hey, I'm really interested in this, how how do I figure out if, I, if I'm going to do this? You could go on to, for example, FetLife.com and find a partner to help you, but is that really the best way to start out? Is that really the best way do you know do you know that they know what they're doing? You can ask them, sure. But one of the things i I love to recommend is to consider a pro dom, um a professional dame, dominatrix, um, dominant, a paid professional. They are paid to know that what they're doing. They're paid to help you understand what you do and do not want. Um, there's there's a lot of reluctance around this. Well, yeah, but I'm paying for it. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You're paying for a service and you get exactly what you want. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I really want to use this to help break down the stigma of sex work is work, full stop. And it should be respected and paid. Also, I need to say that prodoms don't necessarily have sex with their customers, but at the same time, you know, it it really gives you a feel for what you want. You can learn, hey, I really don't like this. Well, maybe you'll like this. It's it's a very safe way to try things where you're generally not going to get harmed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not with, you know, it's with someone else, right? You can, you feel, yeah. you might feel more free to be honest, right? Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can ask those questions. Um a reluctance that I think I've heard quite often is, well, I don't want to ask that. I'm going to sound stupid. No, no, you don't. You sound like you need to ask a question and questions are great. It's, it's how we move ahead. But in this case, by seeing a professional, you, you really can be yourself authentically and maybe even help learn who that is. Maybe you like, um, bondage. Maybe you like suspension, but how do you go about learning that then? And I think that that's really key is to how to go about learning these things safely. Some of the things we do, they're, they're dangerous or they can be dangerous if practiced incorrectly. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. And thank you for saying it like that. Cause I think that safety piece is, that is, that is important for people to hear. And let's talk about stigmas and stereotypes. You know, I know you touched on sex work um, a few minutes ago, but what are the stigmas often show up, um, you know, that come across in your, you know, you come across in your work? 
Oh, yeah, there's so many stigmas. And and again, it's very subjective and, and it's very, I, I don't want to even say localized because people have an idea of um, in conservative areas, this and liberal areas, this. Well, I think a lot of people have some of the same messages. And one of the biggest stigmas is, well, first of all, BDSM is sex. No, no, it's not. That's something you have to negotiate and consent to. And again, consent can be revoked at any time. So sex, having playing in the BDSM world does not mean you have to have or participate in sexual activity. So that's, that's one thing to be very clear about. Um, you could be monogamous in a monogamous relationship and just say, hey, this is my limit. And, that, and you know what? That is okay. There is no shame or stigma around that. But I think that there is. And if somebody pushes you there, that's a red flag. The amount of sex somebody, quote unquote, should be having is another stigma. Well, I think I'm having too much sex. Oh, I masturbate too much. Or, or I don't think, you know, my husband wants to have a sex, wants to have sex a lot more, but I don't. Again, I'm going to ask, well, let's define what, what is sex? What does sex mean to you? It's very, very subjective. But I think that understanding first what is sex helps us understand if you think you're having too much or too little. And, well, what is the right amount? You can Google it, and I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of books out there that have finite numbers, but honestly, none can be the right amount if that's what is right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, masturbating six, seven times a day, is that what's right for you? Does it feel right? Does it, are you doing Things like, are you looking at porn that is ethical, that does not make you feel bad? Um, are you struggling with this? And is the sex you're having, is it mutually consensual? Mm. Are you giving each other pleasure in the pleasure that you want to receive and to give? Those are really the answers that need to be explored. You know, I like to, to say that no sex is okay, too, if that's what suits you. Yeah, what you have negotiated or you know, come to a compromise on. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for touching on these because those are common ones that, that do show up very often oh, in, yeah. in our work sure. and, um, you know, in our communities. So for couples who are interested in um, BDSM or wanting to explore kink and fetishes, um, where would be a safe place to start? And what are some introductory um, toys or play or scenes or things like that. Um, you know, I know a lot of people like role playing, dressing up, you know, I know there are some safe routes, um, safer routes, you know, if, if the other stuff is intimidating. Um, but what yeah. do you often, um, share or explore with these couples? So new? I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that you hit on a great point. Couples, Quite often, it's one person in a relationship, and and I'm just going to talk about a partnered relationship, um, Mm -hmm. regardless of the gender identity. I think the struggles tend to be the same. One person determines, hey, I kind of want these things, but I can't tell my partner or or partners. I can't say that for the fear of um, shame and rejection. So I, I think it's so important to if you, if you're partnered to talk about these things together, because quite often, you know, you find if you just don't go, you know, straight in, let's, let's talk a little bit at a time. You'll find that they might be on the same page as you and, and engaging Mm -hmm. these things together can strengthen a relationship. Yeah. So having said that, 
I think the first thing is we need to figure out the terminology, right? Um, there's, there's a lot of words that we use in BDSM, flogging, bondage. And, and it sounds like, okay, I know what that means on the, on the surface, but do, but do we really know what it means? Do we know the action and the intent of these, of these things that we're doing? So, so the first thing is there are a lot of negotiation spreadsheets out there. If you just Google negotiation, or I've given um, a bunch of links that you can upload that, mm-hmm. Hey, oh, I don't know if I'm into this. Yes, I'm into this. No, I'm not. Maybe. I don't know. They're, they're called yes, no, maybe discussions. And they're so wonderful. And it really helps with, hey, I want to try this. I don't want to try this. And if you're partnered, you can compare that. Um, or another thing, if if you're still shy about sharing these, I tend to be way out in the open, way, way out more. But But getting there is a process. So there's um, an app I like to recommend called X Confessions, where you play this. Oh, it's, it's like a card game with your partner. Yeah, I've, I've used play. that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really innocuous um, because it's it's subtle. It's like if you don't, if you decide you never want to see this again, I hate it. Your partner won't even see it. They won't see that you've swiped it. But you kind of give your interest it, and if you have a shared interest, it lets you know. Yeah. Um, so terminology, understanding the terminology and, and again, exploring, well, what do I want and why do I want it? And then maybe listen to some podcasts. I recommended American sex. I recommend your podcast for sure. But then there are, you know, kink Academy is a great website to go to, to learn what some of these things look like, how they feel and why. Um, and I like to say, let's be careful about porn. Um, Porn is porn. It's sex entertainment. I call it sex entertainment. And it's not as, you know, as most of us know, it's not the real life. But there is another site that I like very much, Kink University, which is, it's, it's porn, it's educated porn. Um, and they, they have taken really a scene and, and they digest it for you. They, they go from the consent and the negotiations. So in the beginning we talk about, this is what we want. This is what I don't want. These are my limits. They're called limits. And and I don't want this to happen. And you have to respect that with boundaries and safety. And, and the nice thing about kink university is they show you the discussion in the beginning, then the scene. And then afterwards, which I think is, is just incredibly wonderful. The wrap up. What happens afterwards? How do we feel? How did you feel mm-hmm. that went? Did you get what you needed? And and I think that seeing some of these discussions really help you understand. I want to do it because I want to feel that, or I I don't really want to feel that. I wanted to, but I don't, and that's okay because we're going to evolve as well. You might want something now and not something later, or vice versa. And I'm also thinking just seeing that normalizes mm-hmm. how we can have conversations okay. in our own our own personal lives. And I think that is that that is that's great. I didn't even know that that, that existed. <laughs> yeah, and, and speaking of normalizing, um, let's normalize body types, right? Shape, yeah. sizes, colors. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's fabulous because again on on Kink University, they show that too. And you know, we're not all you know, the stereotypical porn star, of course, and, and we shouldn't. And this really breaks it down because we are real people. 
And, and we want real people's stuff and we don't want real people's stuff. So I think it's also wonderful to look at normalizing real bodies. Let's see real bodies. Let's see the reality and not the, the porn, the sex entertainment of the porn industry. Yeah. Love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. So, and I hope our couples and partners and um, people hearing that can know where to start. And I love that you added those resources and I'll definitely add that in the show notes because um, I want people to have those resources so they can make healthy decisions just yeah. about what they're doing. And the thing is, I know some people are practicing these things in, in little ways, but I think knowing how to do it in a way that is safe and having conversation around it, almost like conversation scripts, um, I, I think that is also helpful. So in BDSM, we know that a lot is happening. You know, you're feeling a lot of things. There are lots of um, reactions happening in the brain uh, and the body. So let's talk about the changes that are happening mentally, physically for persons involved. Yeah, this is such this is such a great topic because this really speaks to what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And what do we want to feel? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, let me just say BDSM does not have to be expensive. And that's, I think, the first thing to understand. You can take a wooden uh, a wooden spoon from the kitchen, and now you've got a paddle, right? There's tons of DIY spaces out there that really can help you with, hey, this is how you create this, and it's not expensive. So, so that's the first thing is you don't have to break the bank or be rich to do these things, and people will help you with that. Um, and and by being DIY, do it yourself you can create the experience that you want as well. So what happens with the body? Again, especially for folks just starting out, this is going to be subjective. So this is not meant to be. This is what's going to happen to you. You need to understand what's going to happen. But but generally, there's been a lot of research around, for example, what's called the runner's high. Um, you have endorphins and adrenaline, and you get that floaty feeling, the sense of euphoria. That definitely comes into play. Um, how you get there, that's kind of what you need to start to figure out. Is this where we we start with some spanking? Um, do we start with scratching? You know, how do we start to, to develop that feeling? Um, but things definitely happen. Your brain is your biggest erogenous zone. So there's a lot of effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're saying that I'm thinking, I want to feel chills but i also want to feel Mm. like pleasure that's what i would go for yes so (sighs) definitely heat temperature Mm. heat and and coolness temperature play for example Um, your body temperature is going to rise uh your body temperature may fall i mean depending on what you're doing Mm -hmm. your, your body temperature is going to change and you have to be ready for that because when let's say an hour later, let's say say you've been doing a scene, some spanking, even just some light spanking um, for an hour. You're going to have these endorphins. You're going to have this adrenaline running. um, And then and your body temperature goes up. But then when you're done, it's going to fall. And you need to be understanding that the changes in your body and your brain happen in segments, right? You don't get everything right as soon as you're done. So for example, having blankets, having chocolate, having Gatorade, something handy is very good to help you afterwards, but also understanding 
that some of these effects may not come to you for 24, 48, 72 hours. Um, and understanding that, one of the things I want to talk about is negotiating. Pete, you always hear, oh, we don't negotiate mid-scene. That's just not done. Well, why? Why not? Well, this is why. Because what happens is the um, parts of your brain that control that motor function, that controls that thinking, it gets impaired. It changes because you're turned on. You're in this floaty place. Um, it, the brain's executive functioning changes, and you can't make good decisions when you're in the middle of something. Uh, Justin Lee Miller wrote in his book, The Science of, of Sexual Fantasies, which is just fantastic, that when we're turned on, we are more open to things that we would not be normally open to had we not been aroused. So I'm not saying that when we're in a scene and we're, we've negotiated spanking, maybe we're spanking with a spoon and now we use the other spoon, but we're still doing the, the negotiated action. It's not, okay, you know, and that's okay to maybe spank around. There's a difference between renegotiating and changing things. So for example, we don't go from spanking to using knives. That's just not, you don't do that because you don't have the sense to say, I really didn't want this before, but okay, now it sounds great. Yeah. All the things. Because then it leads later to remorse. And that's not usually what we want to feel when a scene's done. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's so much there. <laughs> yeah, there really is. Yeah. And yeah, there's so much. And there's so much understanding that, you know, I don't want to put people off to say it takes years to understand. It really does. That doesn't mean you shouldn't start to understand, start to go with one thing. If you start to try to get everything at once, that's where you get overwhelmed. But just start slowly and then be introspective. Did I get what I wanted? Did you get what you wanted? How could we change it? And I think that that's a good practice. If even for people who have been doing this for years, let's have an after scene discussion. And it doesn't have to be 10 minutes later. It can be the day after. Yeah. Did we, did we get what we wanted? This was our intent or did something go wrong? Things sometimes go wrong and they need to be talked about. Yeah. So resentment is not being <laughs> built. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. This is so good. Um, anything else around uh, negotiating? And I really like that you brought up just taking it slow. So for a couple who's already engaging in some light spanking, um, I'm thinking adding a wooden spoon. Um, that would be a great transition. And next, the next step, um, you know, I know some people like um, flogging. You know, they will mm -hmm. they will do that too. Um, and I like that you talked about heat. So when you when you mention heat, are you talking about um, like? heat heat or like warm candles or oh, yeah, so, yeah, that's actually a great question it, it can be anything so yeah. we, are, we could be talking about sensation play so heat and cold mm -hmm. um yeah. candles and candle wax and there are certain candles you do and don't do um that's that's another thing that you need to research so you don't burn your your partner right that wouldn't be good so you can do that but then there's also if when you restrict somebody, so for example, um, body bondage, mm -hmm. they the body gets very warm because it's wrapped in 
stuff, whether it be saran wrap or leather or your restriction of choice, mm-hmm. you get hot and, and that body temperature changes. Um, but, you know, ice cubes uh, yeah. is a great way. Yeah. You know, ice cubes are really cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can play with just sensations and see how yeah. that feels. Mm-hmm. I love that because a lot of people are doing these things already. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to say a lot, but mm-hmm. <laughs> those I, are honestly, things that I have experienced. <laughs> I think that more people do that that they don't realize they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk, you know, oh, somebody giving a partner a blowjob with with ice cubes in their mouth. Mm-hmm. That That's a form of sensation play. I think a lot of the time people are doing things they just don't have the right words for them. And I'm not saying there is a right word, but if you understand, hey, there's a path and there's more I can understand about this. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's a whole world here that we can do more with and, and help each other to feel these things, all the things. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the other thing we have to be aware of when we talk about the changes in our body, let's talk about oops, or let's talk about when it doesn't go right. Are we prepared for that? Did we talk about trigger warnings? So when we when we negotiate, especially when we're new starting out, sometimes we've had, we, we don't know what's going to trigger us. I mean, we may have an idea. I don't like this. I don't like that. But do we know what's going to trigger us and what that trigger will be? Not necessarily. So we talk about having a trigger plan. Do we need, you know, how do we stop? How do we, you know, talk? How do we communicate? You need to be able to communicate. And what happens if, oh, crap, I cut you and you're bleeding? Do we have Band-Aids? Do we have um, cleaning wipes? Do we have the right, we call that a toy bag of a, a first aid kit. And I've got a link for that too. On you, you really, if you're going to be doing these things, you need to be prepared also for a worst case situation. Um, if you're restraining somebody and it's too tight. And, and it was the same restraint as before, but oops, this time it just got too tight and I can't feel my fingers. What do we do about that? How do we get the, the ropes or the suspension off quickly? We have to think about that. And if we think about that beforehand and we have the necessary tools at the ready, just in case, mm-hmm. then there's less stress on, oh, oh, what do I do? Where do I go? Oh God, no. You know, Oh crap. I thought about this. I, here's my bag. Here's my scissors. Here's the here's the band-aids and here's the cleaners and that is really I think safety first. Mm-hmm. How do we prepare that? Mm-hmm. But I think for couple, I guess couples partners um, who have any type of sex, right? I think this just normalizes that things could yeah. go wrong and we can pick up from there. Because I think sometimes there might be shame associated with. Oh no, I didn't go according to the script or mm-hmm. because I had to pause, I kill the moment or, yeah. um, so I think just that whole conversation, just normalizing that sometimes shit happens. Yes. <laughs> Literally shit happens. <laughs> yeah. And how do we move ahead from that? Is yeah. it something where, Oh, I kill the mood and let's, let's restart the mood. Laughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a, yes. Stigma. Oh my God. Laughter. <laughs> oh, you can't laugh. Oh my God. No, if you're not laughing, <laughs> you can have fun with this. It's, if you don't want to laugh, if that's not your gig, that's okay too. I'm not saying you have to. You determine what's right for you. There's no, you can't do this. You have to, you know, de- design. It's, it's like a designer relationship. Mm-hmm. It's your designer BDSM. And again, in the boundaries of safety, you laugh. 
have fun. If you've killed the mood, okay, so what? Let's move on and let's get that mood back. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Susan, you shared so much in just a little bit of time. Um, so I wonder, what are you doing in terms of like workshops? Um, do you do any like virtual trainings or... I recently, because mostly of the pandemic and and working on my um, Sexual Health Alliance certifications and such, but I am working with um, the Kinder Foundation, thekinderfoundation.com. I recently heard of them. I'm sorry? I recently heard of them. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. We're wonderful. Um, Trying to bring information. We're very new. Trying to bring that information out. Um, publishing webinars, not just ours, but others to kind of centralize some of the information, blogging and things like that. So um, working kind of hard on that as well. Love that. And what advice, I guess, would you have for someone who was pursuing um, a career similar to yours? Because this is, this is fun, but it, oh, it's work oh too. <laughs> First of all, be passionate. Be passionate about what you're doing and find people that are on your path or people that you can learn from that align with your ethics, with your goals. Um, for example, I have aligned with Sexual Health Alliance because they, I, they're my clan, my tribe. It, they believe what I do. It's You really need to have a support system and really have a passion and, and, and understand, hey, this is how I want to do it. And again, that introspection, how and why, because I want to feel this. Every, you know, when it breaks down at the end of the day, we're all a little selfish. I'm doing this for me, right? Um, I'm helping others, but it's making me feel really good. And to feel that way, I want to do these things. I want to help with overcoming trauma. I want to help with the sexual shame and stigma. Yes. And and understand it, it, you know, it's a give and take. And find those people that you can talk with others who are like-minded to have conversations with. How do you feel about this? What have you seen? One of the things I've said is I hate reinventing the wheel. Sometimes reinventing the wheel is good if that wheel is broken, right? But but sometimes you don't have to go it on your own. If somebody is already on a journey, maybe you can join their journey and, and learn and understand, hey, I really want to do this. How can I start? Well, Let's understand some of the basics. Um, For example, I am an educator. I am not a therapist, but I work with therapists and I've learned so much that will help me with where I'm going. Mm -hmm. So just reaching out. And if you don't find what you're like, keep looking. Yeah, I love that. Creating community. I think that especially with Sexual Health Alliance, you know, I think that was necessary for me even to even kick off this career path um yeah because where i'm from uh, it's quite conservative right and um not many people are having those conversations i mean they might be engaging in those different things but that is behind closed doors you know no one talks about it um but i think there needs to be conversation education um especially for our you know younger adults uh, adolescents who are coming up and getting into those different um interests right we want to make sure they have good information Mm -hmm. now for i love what you're saying about how in some areas things are are so conservative it's not talked about well okay you want to talk about it but how how do you start a conversation without immediately alienating everyone i think that's so important yeah it's just getting to know people Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm working on. <laughs> yep. You're doing yeah. great. And it's so much fun. And it's just, it's it just so fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Any resources? So you did touch on some websites. Um, any books um, that someone could pull from if they oh, wanted yeah. to um, jump in? So SNM 101 was my starter. Um, people will say, oh, it's old. Well, yeah, but it's it's really good starter. Uh, one of the things I like things that are actionable. Okay, great. I read this. How do I take action? Um, yes. there is, That's me. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there's a couple of workbooks, 365 Days of Kink or the Yes, No, Maybe workbook. It helps you understand asking these questions that understanding they change over time that help you understand you. Um, and, and I have a bunch of other resources. Again, the Kink Academy, um, the new topping and the new bottoming book. So mm-hmm. do we understand our role and what we want? And, and what does that mean? It gives you a, a view, for example, the new topping book and the new bottoming book by Dossie Eastman and Janet Hardy. What does it mean? And how do I feel? And is this for me? Just because you're new to this doesn't mean you are relegated to a role. That's the biggest thing. You don't have to choose. Say, I want to try. I want to try these things to understand. I love it. I love resources. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that really, really drives what I do is we, a lot of us are in relationships. Um, I hope that we want to have sex until we die. Right. Mm-hmm. And I hope that we don't want to have the same sex every day. Or maybe, you we know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, again, I want people to feel their own pleasure, whatever yeah. that pleasure may be. Mm-hmm. Um, some couples, to them, they want to just cuddle. And to yeah. them, that's, and that's good. That's yeah. yeah. And that's what we have to say. That is good. And that is mm-hmm. right. Because it is right for you. And there's no mm-hmm. Let's yeah. normalize that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And for those who want to go out there, you have options. Mm-hmm. There's so many things you can try. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any final words before we, we close for today? <laughs> no, I just thanks everybody for listening and for, for being here. Um, Really just understand yourself and it, within the bound of enthusiastic consent, mm-hmm. please, you know, please feel free to, to explore or if you're feeling shame or stigma, it's okay to talk about it. Um, find maybe somebody, uh, a professional to talk to because mental health is good health. There, you know, again, no shame in that either at all. And, and just finding people to talk to is a load off. And being authentic is so good because it, it takes so less energy. Is, is that the right word? It's less energy to be. To put up a front is exhausting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. And where can our listeners connect with you? So I am on FetLife as Cat with a K-H-A-A-T, and I gave you a link. Or my email, shadowhawk, S-H-A-D-O-W-H-A-W-K-E, E at the end, at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for joining us. I know this was a quick session here in between. (laughs) Lots of things happening. Uh, So thank you for just uh, giving us that little bit of education there. And I hope for our listeners, if this resonates with you, um, you can reach out to Kat. And I will feature her on our Instagram page. um, So you can add her in the comments or ask any questions you might have about anything you heard here today on the podcast. 
And uh, once again, to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us this week on The Sexual Space. For more info on this week's topic, don't forget to check out our Instagram page at Her Sexual Space Podcast and our website, hersexualspace.com. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Thank you, everyone.